you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hello i am so excited to be sneaking in an episode with you before i head out to the beach because uh summer is winding down i'm so sad I have almost exactly one month until the birth of my baby girl, and I'm trying to enjoy as much freedom, liberation, personal time as I can before I go back to newborn time where you basically have a leash attached to you from your baby and you have to be within a certain radius at all times for food, for love, for all that fun stuff. So uh, I kind of forgot how to do it. But I'm sure it's like riding a bike, a bike that I haven't touched in over 10 years. Just hop right back on. Anyway, I hope you guys are well. I hope you are getting to the beach this summer. I hope you're having a great time. Uh, My family and I went to Cape Cod for the very first time last week. And we were very excited because, of course, on the East Coast, that's all you hear about is Cape Cod, Cape Cod, Cape Cod. So we went, we stayed at this resort, and I will tell you what. Two places disappoint me so much when it comes to interior design. The first one is all doctor's offices. Like, what are they thinking? Even the ones that have like the nice, sparkly, newly renovated lobbies oftentimes are such letdowns in the actual patient rooms with really bad art, if there is even art, with, ugh, it's just always very disappointing. My doctor, that I go to now twice a week because I'm a geriatric pregnancy. I think I'm beyond geriatric. I'm not sure what the next step is, but I'm that next step, the super, super old pregnancy. So I go a lot. And uh, he has all these like really antique paintings and I've got nothing wrong with that, right? But um, even some antique type furniture. However, it's a very modern facility And the things just do not go well together. And it's clear that he bought them at like an auction or a very high-end garage sale, but they feel garage sale. And anyway, it may just not be the thing you want to put out. I mean, there's like pictures of birds and I don't know. I don't know. I just think more thought could be put into when you're designing a commercial space, thinking about the patient or the client 
rather than the person who designs the space and their preferences or the doctor, right? His office should look exactly how he wants it to look. But the treatment rooms are really meant to appeal to the patient or the client. And when they don't, it feels a little out of touch. When it's so different than the other spaces, it feels a little like an afterthought. Uh, These are just my thoughts. But the other place that was very disappointing was this resort. Like, where are you hanging your art and why? And then you never realize how important a mattress is until you sleep on a bad one. And these mattresses, it was like there was a sinkhole in the middle, like somebody had been jumping on it right in the middle and broken all the springs. My husband and I wound up sleeping backwards with our head at the feet part and our feet at the headboard part because otherwise we just sink right into the middle. And if you've ever been eight and a half months pregnant, well, you know that sleep is just hard to come by. Comfortability while you're trying to sleep is hard to come by. Uh, and let alone when you're in a horrible bed that has all these issues. So even though you would think the patient experience at a doctor's office, the vacation experience at a resort would not be defined by decor, oftentimes it is. And these places that are making a lot of money, doctor's offices and resorts, should really be thinking more about that when they are putting together their schematic because the art in the room at the resort was not bad. It was just placed so arbitrarily and the tile was picked so arbitrarily. Now I am the queen of finding cheap tile. So I bet I could find tile that was even more affordable than what they had invested. And yet they put things together in such a bad way. And not only do they do it in one room, but they replicate it over hundreds of rooms. Oh my goodness, why don't people call us? Ah, I digress. Anyway, let's dig into the mailbag because we have some amazing questions that have come in. And the first is from a very good client of mine, Alana. So Alana's writing from White Plains and she just bought a house and she's writing, Hi, Betsy. We miss having you design our house. So we've been listening to your podcast for our fill of Betsy advice until you are back to seeing clients. Here's our question. When you paint the ceiling the same color as the walls in the room, when do you paint the ceiling the same colors in the wall in the room? And when do you paint it white? Our new house has two of the bedrooms on the third floor, attic type space with six and a half foot ceilings. And we obviously want to make the rooms look as open and large as possible given this restriction. Our family room off of the kitchen, on the other hand, has very high ceilings. We've heard painting the entire ceiling the same color as the walls in low ceiling rooms makes the room look bigger. But then I also heard... You paint high ceilings the same as the walls to make it more cohesive. Which is it? Pictures of both our third floor bedrooms and our family room are attached. Thanks. Well, guys, um, so just a little background on Alana. When I was in Dobbs Ferry, they also lived in Dobbs Ferry, and they have the most adorable family, Alana and her husband, and their family would go on walks together, and they have a very 
large brood with uh, varying age ranges. And I had a shop right on Main Street. And I always looked so forward to them going on their family walks because they would step up and wave in the window. And it was such a nice moment. And I loved designing their previous space. And so now for their new house, it's very exciting. But I'm already phasing out of clients because I'm on maternity leave. Well, I'm not on maternity leave. Give me one more month. But I'm not currently taking clients because if they want more work, if they have follow-up questions, I would not be available. So they need to work with somebody who will be available for them because hopefully I'll take three months, but I'm even more optimistic that I'll be able to take six months. Let's see. Let's see how it all plays out. I have an amazing new office manager. Our team is great. So I'm quite optimistic. Let's get to your questions, shall we, Alana? Okay. So first of all, if you want to see her pictures, you'll want to head over to our YouTube channel, which is Affordable Interior Design on YouTube. And I'm checking out these pictures. First of all, the new place looks adorable, filled with character and personality. Second of all, here's the thing. So you have peaked kind of sides of the room that then go up to a ceiling. In my opinion, unless it's like a very tight entryway or a very small powder room, I would not paint the ceilings the same as the walls. Or if you had wallpaper, I would not wallpaper the ceilings the same as the walls unless it's a very small space. In this case, the ceilings are low at six and a half feet. And typically when I do have those sloped sides in a room, I will paint the sloped sides if there is a clean line of demarcation before it goes straight. So for instance, my um, old house in Westchester had this same exact situation and there was a clear demarcation, even with like a picture rail of where the slope ended and the ceiling began. And the ceiling turned out to be a very narrow rectangular strip. But the previous owners had not painted the slopes, and it actually made the room look much smaller. What I cannot discern from these particular pictures is if there is a clear demarcation between where the slope ends and the ceiling begins so that the paint would be a very clean application. Even if there's not a clear demarcation here, it also appears that there's not a clear demarcation of where the slope begins on the wall below. So you're going to have to make something up. That's the bottom line. Now, here you have such a narrow rectangle of potential ceiling. I mean, maybe it's four and a half to five feet wide. Maybe this is a case where I might do the entire room in the color without the demarcation. Now, of course, I'm not referring to the trim or the doors, which you are going to keep that white color, right? Um, most trim people paint a version of white or off-white. Uh, but yeah, in this room with the small, low ceilings and the non-demarcated slope Maybe I would do it all one color, but it's not typically something I ever go for. And I don't believe any of those tricks. Like people would say, if you paint a small room, a dark color, it'll feel small. If you paint a big room, a light color, it'll feel bigger. I mean, all of those are really contingent on other variables as well. So I don't think there's one rule in terms of those things that you could follow every time to get the desired effect. Now let's look at your large family room. This is very exciting. This place looks great, by the way. So here, 
The two slopes meet in a peak. There is no rectangular plateau at the top. They meet in a rather pointed triangle. You know, we're going to have a lot of white in here because this family room opens up into the kitchen with the white trim, etc. Now, we definitely want the ceiling of the kitchen to be white. Definitely. But as the kitchen opens up into the family room, it peaks and has that triangular shape that I was referring to earlier. If this were my house, I would keep the entire rectangular shape, the two peaks, which are very clearly demarcated in this room, the white color of the ceiling in the kitchen, because there's recessed lights in the ceiling in the kitchen, and there's also recessed lights in these peaks. And so you're kind of treating the same type of ceiling the same type of way. And then I would paint the actual walls the color, the room color that you're going for. So there we go. I think I answered all your questions, Alana. Of course, if more come up, feel free to ask me because this is the only way you can get my design advice until January or maybe even March. Wouldn't it be delicious to take six months? Oh, with my other babies, I hardly got one or two months. So I don't know. It would just be so delicious, so decadent. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. All right, let me move to my next question in the mailbag. The next question comes all the way from Rockwall, Texas. Jennifer's writing in. She writes, Hi, I love listening to your podcast. You're so talented in getting to the heart of the issues in a room and even addressing things that probably weren't on the writer's radar. I am needing help with my 11-year-old daughter's bedroom. I've always struggled with the layout in this small space. The window is large and off-center. How can I use curtains to balance this window? The doorway opens up into one of my best wall space and closet doors, which take up nearly the entire wall. By the way, the closet runs through both door spaces. I don't really know why they made two separate doors. It makes it difficult to use the space behind that tiny bit of wall. I'd really like to have the doorway redone as bifold doors and put in a good closet system so that she wouldn't even need a dresser. It's not in the budget right now, so maybe you can weigh in on this. The room is 1010 by 1010. I recently bought a six cube storage piece to double as a nightstand. However, I do still have her old nightstand. I'd like to add a desk or other workspace to her room. 
hence the need for moving the dresser to the closet. Will vertical furnishings or decor help this room not seem so wall-to-wall furniture? Or should any desk be a color instead of white to help break this up? She's not wanting to make any changes to the space, so I'm compromising by reusing her bird pictures and by turning the hanging birdcage into a mobile with origami cranes. I'm going to put rattan baskets in the bottom three cubes as a nod to birds' nests and possibly add a rattan mirror. The bird art and a feather print fabric, colors are mint, aqua, and pink, I plan to make into pillows. These are my inspiration pieces. I'll paint the wall as well. I've attached images of the room from different angles. I truly appreciate your help. Congrats on your upcoming family edition. Both of my children were born in August, so I feel for you with the summer heat at the end of your pregnancy. Well, you know, the good thing, Jennifer, is I was quite concerned. My first summer baby, like, how's it going to be? It has been really fine. In fact, as you can see, I'm in long sleeve shirt right now. My office does not have air conditioning because it's in the shaded woods, but it still gets you know hot. I have long pants on and everything's fine. It's really been kind of chilly out here. When I was in Cape Cod, the weather was horrible and we were wearing you know two shirts and a hoodie. If anything, I've been a little chilly this pregnancy. <laughs> Hopefully today at the beach, I'll have a different experience because as somebody who loves the heat, uh, I don't know what's going on here, but I really had a lot of anxiety about, you know, how it was going to be to be pregnant in the summer. Not bad this summer. So the key here, the takeaway for me at least is, you know, not to worry about things in advance because you'll deal with them. And in this case, I didn't even have to deal with it. So I don't know what I was so worried about. Anyway, let's get to your questions. So basically, it sounds like you're wondering about the layout. Um, And, you know, if you want to see pictures of Jennifer's room, just go to our YouTube channel. They'll all be posted there. So yes, it is a pretty tight room at 10 feet, 10 inches by 10 feet, 10 inches. And um, in terms of the closet, I hate it when they do that, when they put those two closets side by side. I had the same thing in my old house and it goes all the way through and it is so hard to use that space behind the slim piece of wall dividing the two doors. You may want to consider in this case, instead of bifolds, you may want to consider like some kind of farm door or something. But if you do do that sliding door, well, I do like a sliding door. I like it better than a bifold. Bifolds come off the track so easily. I see a ton of problems with them. So I prefer the sliding door side to side. If you did a barn door, you'd have to leave that wall next to the closet empty for it to go into unless, you know, anyway, we won't get into that. So do sliding doors that open one side or the other, but I don't love a bifold. Just think about that. I do think in any room, you need to go vertical. The reason is because you want pieces around the room to undulate high and low and high and low. And if everything's at like this three foot height, whether it's the six cubby bookcase or the twin bed, then it starts to look really boring and plain and predictable. And also in a room like this, you're just not maximizing its potential. So I would definitely consider using the verticality, and I also would not be afraid to block 
the window. She does have a beautiful big window and I can see you're partially blocking it with the bed, which is fine by me, but I also would not be afraid to partially block it with some furniture. Uh, now when I'm creating a layout for a room, as you know, it's not anything that I ever do on the podcast because I like to try every possible option, but I take the main piece of furniture in the room, which in this case would be that twin bed. And I would try every possible option. I'm not convinced that her bed is in the right placement. And once you do find the right placement for this bed, I think the rest of the pieces will make more sense and fall into place and show you where you can go vertical versus where you can go low. I know she doesn't want to make any changes, but the other thing you could consider in this space, let's see, how old was she? Did you reveal? 11. My daughter's almost 11 as well. Uh, One's going to be 11 and one's going to be 11 minutes old. What do we think about that? Anyway, so with 11, a lot of times they are resistant to change. She might be going into middle school. She might be facing a lot of just intrinsic change and may not want her room to feel different. But something that you may want to consider is a loft bed, you know, where then you could use the verticality and have her bed up high and have a lot of functionality down low. That's another idea. And it could be something really cool that she would either love and get super excited by or immediately shut down. My daughter really wanted a bunk bed clamoring for a bunk bed. I got her a low loft bed when she was young, and then we got her a real uh, lofted bed when she was older. And turns out she didn't really like either of them. So now she's back in just a standard bed and she's happy as a little clam and hasn't ever mentioned a bunk bed since. But I have clients whose tweens and uh, teens are obsessed with bunk beds. So it's something to think about. Now, I feel like you had another question. The one thing that's really bothering me here, which you did not ask about as I re-peruse this. Is that a word, re-peruse? The one thing that's really bothering me is this valance on top of the window. So you have just kind of this piece of fabric that's spanning the top of the window. And not only is it encroaching on a lot of the window space, it's eating up a ton of the natural light. And it's just not doing anything for the room. Uh, I would be more inclined to put panels on each side that could possibly make the window look wider. And when you hang it higher than the window, it'll also make the ceilings feel a little bit taller. So it'll kind of visually expand the room in some ways. So those are two big changes that I would make. Losing the balance, adding the drapes to add a lot of visual bang for your buck. And don't worry that it's off-center. Like, life happens. The other thing that you can do to make a space feel less claustrophobic in terms of, like, just pushing all the furniture against the wall is to do something on a diagonal, whether it's a fun chair or, you know, a corner bookcase. Something on a diagonal can help to break up all the just pushed furniture against walls if you can't truly float something in the middle of the room as you probably shouldn't with this smaller room. 
So think about that, but first start with that layout evaluation. Ask your daughter if she'd be open to some kind of loft bed. See if it's within your budget. If she says no, that's fine, but do reevaluate the placement of this bed and don't be hesitant to block a window, guys. It's okay, especially in small rooms where every inch matters. Well, guys, I hope you send in your questions. I hope you share your thoughts and feelings with me. Send them in. All you have to do is go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. There you'll see a form to fill out to share your question with me, share your pictures, and you'll want to do this all before mid-September because mid-September, I'm going on my maternity leave. And I will not be reaching back into the mailbag until January. January, whether I continue to work or not, I will be re-recording. Don't you worry. And I'm hoping to bank quite a few podcasts so that you have delicious content to listen to and absorb while I am away. So have a wonderful rest of your August, and I'll catch you next week. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.